Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue birds are singing I got nothing to do Hey, 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 hey Mmm, it's a sunny day Sunny day now My pocket's empty My cupboard's bare But call me illogical I just don't care Hey, hey, hey Hey, hey, hey It's just a sunny The KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Uh, we are joined this morning by Lyndon Greenhalch. Thanks so much for being here. We've been talking about grasshoppers, so you can still ask your questions of him about grasshoppers. We wanted to start, however, the top of the hour uh, talking about uh, the top 10 turf problems in northern Utah. Uh, all the calls that we are getting lately, they either have to do with grass or they have to do with grasshoppers, those two things, it seems. So, okay, Ton, what are some of the biggest problems that we're seeing? Well, I, this seems like in Utah that 90 degrees consistently is just the magic threshold that things can start to struggle because of summer heat. Mm -hmm. And this coming week, we have several days in the low to mid-90s, at least last time I looked at the forecast. And I think we're going to start seeing the increase in turf calls. And so, so far, the biggest problem I've been seeing is sod webworm, but we're also starting to get calls on bill bugs and other lawn feeding insects. And so I think that's the major concern right now. But another one would be the drought stress that we're going to start seeing because whenever you have inefficient areas, areas aren't being covered well in your sprinkling system, those brown spots really start to show up in July when we're regularly in the 90s. Okay, I'm looking at the temperatures for the next week. This is the coolest day of the week. It's supposed to be 93. Next Wednesday is supposed to be 93, but we're up to 99 on Monday. So definitely going to start seeing so some of those. near 100. Yeah, so it seems like people wait too long. Yes, they do. You need do. to really take watch your lawn, right? You do, and, and I, I'm not sitting here trying to promote overwatering, but you need to water probably twice a week so that water penetrates into the soil six inches to maybe a foot. And when you do that and you do it consistently, then your lawn will stay green for the most part through the season. The drought areas will show up where the you're not getting as much water, but those are pretty easy to just get a hose and sprinkler 
run it for a half hour once a week, and that will usually take care of the drought stress. So what are the first things they should be looking for if the, if a problem is starting to emerge? Well, when you walk on your lawn and the lawn will not spring back from the footprints if it is drought stressed. It still may not be brown, but if you can see footprints of 30 seconds or a minute after you walked on the lawn, then you know your lawn is drought stressed and it's time to activate the sprinklers. Other things to watch for are beginning brown spots, you know, especially near sidewalks or driveways where it's hotter. But you can't just assume that it's drought stress causing these brown spots. I think we do that a lot at our house, especially. We do. And then we find out that it's slugs or something else. Slugs or diseases or insects feeding on the lawn. And so when people see these lawn problems, I'll have them get a screwdriver that has a shaft on it that's at least six inches, preferably closer to a foot long. Just get that screwdriver and stick it into the brown areas as compared to the green. And if it goes really easily into the soil in the green area and not the brown, then that's going to indicate drought stress. But if it goes in really easy in brown areas, drought's not the problem. And the next step is just to pull on the grass. You know, don't brace your feet and pull for all you're worth, but give that (laughs) grass a good tug. And if it comes out without any roots, then it's going to be an insect feeding on the lawn. But if it's wet where it's brown and there's no insects feeding that you can find, it's rooted in, then that would indicate usually a fungal disease. Right. So any other preventative measures people can take? I mean, how do you keep that lawn healthy? Well, just following, it's one of those things to where it's just going back to basics, making sure the lawn's watered twice a week deeply, fertilized spring and fall, and that's a reasonable amount of fertilizer for most lawns. If you have high use, you can fertilize more often. Mow at three to three and a half inches just to keep the the taller the grass, the healthier the roots, the more drought tolerant the grass is, and not overly maintaining your lawn. We've talked about this in the past that it seems like every neighborhood has that guy that just comes and stops by pretending to be on a walk or something like so. Your lawn's turning brown. <laughs> I don't have that guy, thank goodness. In or my it's, oh, how you doing? I, I, I saw you have dandelions and you're a horticulturist. You know, oh, there's always so you that person. you get that more than I do, for yes, sure. Yes, <laughs> but I, it seems like every neighborhood has that lawn person that's just, you know, what? You have brown spots. Do you want me to reset your sprinklers for you? Or, you know, but it's just going back to the basics and not overly maintaining your lawn. And in fact, lawns that are slightly stressed mm-hmm. are usually more resistant and more resilient than those that are overly maintained. Right. I like this article that we put up on the Greenhouse Facebook page because it does outline the different problems, what they look like, everything from Bermuda grass, black medic, crabgrass, to the things that you've talked about, drought stress and grubs and things. Yeah, and this maintenance of your lawn, maintaining the lawn correctly will prevent most other problems. You know, about the only thing that you can't troubleshoot in advance is snow mold. And that just depends on the amount of snow we get Mm -hmm. and when we do. But it's funny how just keeping your lawn healthy will prevent a lot of these problems. All right. 
Uh, we do have several people waiting on the lines for us this morning, but the number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. This Hour of the Greenhouse is sponsored by At Your Service Pros, and the or- and the owner, Jared Corcoran, is with us now. Jared, thanks for being with us this morning. I know you're going to tell us uh, how we can save $7,500 on a hybrid heating and cooling system. Absolutely. So first of all, though, it seems like... Uh, HVAC has really gotten expensive over the last few years. What's been happening? Well, of course, like COVID and supply chain issues and inflation have all played a little part, but it's actually quite intriguing because Utah's had a very unique thing that's happened where a whole bunch of our largest heating and air conditioning companies in the Valley have all been sold out to out-of-state conglomerates in the last little while. And quite commonly, those companies have many layers of different management, all pushing sales and numbers and not focused on the quality of the work that they're doing. Hmm. Can you give us a few examples or, or an example exactly? Well, so like right now, um, I have an install crew installing a house in Farmington. It was built in 1999. And this is already their third heating and air conditioning system that's going to be installed in only 24 years. Because both when the house was built and then when the house was replaced, the system was installed wrong and it wasn't corrected the second time it was installed. And so when we showed up, they had a nine-year-old system that had completely failed. And we had to walk him through how each of the different aspects of the install were done wrong and then show him how we were going to correct them with our installation. So how does someone like me, an average person, know if their system was installed correctly? That's my least favorite part about heating and air. You don't. Um, It's quite funny how heating and air works because the majority of contractors don't even want to prove that their job's done correctly because you have so many people in the field and everything else. But we live in a day of artificial intelligence. And so it cracks me up because like our company invested tens of thousands of dollars into Bluetooth tools. So those tools take all the information from your system and upload them into a third-party software called MeasureQuick. This software compares it to the manufacturer's data, compares it to how efficient it's running, and lets you see exactly what is going on with your system. It can even prove to you that your system was installed correctly. Okay, Jared, we're going to be talking to you about this throughout the hour, but right now I understand that there are some big rebates on a hybrid system. Yeah, so it's kind of fun. There are $7,500 total in uh, rebates right now. There's $2,100 from the manufacturer, and then between Dominion and Rocky Mountain Power, you have another $2,800 worth of rebates, and you even have the Inflation Reduction Act tax credit. So you can get a you know, $15,000 hybrid heating and cooling system, have $7,500 off in rebates, and only end up spending about $7,500 after. And that's on a 98% modulating furnace and an inverter-driven heat pump, both of which are going to provide you the highest energy savings and comfort for your home. All right, Jared, we'll be talking about this with you more in the coming hour uh, in the next few minutes, actually. So thanks for being with us today. No problem. Thank you. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 
Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Ton and Lyndon with you this morning taking your calls and questions. Lyndon here is answering all your questions about grasshoppers, so you can go ahead and ask him those questions as well. Let's go back to our phone lines. We have Terry, Leanna, and Renee that have been waiting for quite some time. Terry's in Provo. Good morning, Terry. What was your question this morning? Hi, good morning. I have an aspen tree in the middle of a planter bed. The only other thing planted there are some tulip bulbs in the ground. But it is shooting up a lot of shooters. I don't know what they're called. A lot of mini trees coming up all over. How can I get rid of those? What's the best way? Just keep cutting them back. There's a couple of different products at garden centers. There's one called Sucker Stopper and maybe the other one's called Sucker Away or something. But you can try when you make a cut, you spray that little stub you left at near ground level and they're not supposed to grow back from that point for the year, but you're battling with the aspen's genetics. It's just programmed to try to establish groves, and it's doing what it's programmed to do. So all you can do if you want to keep the main tree is just keep clipping those. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Uh, Lyndon, uh, next person says they need help with grasshoppers. They sprayed already. Two weeks later, they're back. What else can they do? Can they respray? Yeah, you can respray. Are they coming in off of a field or what's going on? Well, we don't know. Yeah, that's the problem with our texts. That's why we like people to call. But yeah, we kind of need more information. But what else can they do? They can respray. How often can they spray? as often as you, as often as the label says, I guess is what I better say. Well, and the other challenge is if they're using something like malathion or seven, they could really do a lot of damage. And so maybe an initial spray of something like malathion seven or even permethrin. Right, would we don't know what they something. sprayed with. Yeah, but then after you've knocked down those initial numbers, you would go in with reduced risk product like spinosad to see like Captain Jack's dead bug brew or something if it's just in a yard because that's going to be a lot less damaging to beneficial insects. It takes longer to kill the grasshoppers, but it still will. All right. Renee is on the line in Sandy. Good morning, Renee. What was your question? Okay. Thank you for having me. Um, I About, oh, I say three to five years ago, I planted a Colorado blue spruce in my backyard. I used to have trees there and they did fine but they got too big so I cut them down and started over anyway last year I don't think I watered it enough because my trees there's several branches and they seem to be in certain areas they're either no needles on them or there are brown needles and blue green needles and some they look just normal and I'm just wondering if it's what is it dying or dead? Uh, do I have what do I do with those uh, branches that don't have any needles on them? So Will they come back. What percentage of the tree has these branches without needles? Oh, probably about a quarter of the tree. And are they all at the bottom, or are they spread throughout the tree? Um, mostly at the bottom, but they go fairly high up. And where they are the dead? Is only probably four or five feet tall. Okay. So it's just at the base. And then how long did you say the tree's been planted? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it's uh, 
three or four years ago. Three or four years ago. Is... And it was, uh, it was uh, about not much, a little bit smaller than it is now. Okay. So it wasn't the, a the number of dead branches you're seeing, are, are they increasing or staying the same? I don't know. So you'll need to watch the tree because if the branch is completely brown, it's not growing back and you can just cut it out. But my worry is that it's maybe getting too much water or there might be a bug in there causing problems. And so that's too why, yeah, maybe, <laughs> or a lack of water, could, water. Yeah. A lack of water year. could cause problems too, because okay. all you've got to work with on these conifers are dead needles and all that really tells you is you need to do further investigation. So initially, if the branches are dead, just cut them out. But you need okay. to keep an eye on the tree and make sure that it's deep watered probably every week to 10 days to a depth of about 24 inches and then left alone and then deep watered again. Okay. 10 to 24 days. No, deep so water. you're deep watering to a depth of 24 inches. Okay. Ah, and with okay. your sandy soil, probably once a week. Once a week. Okay. Yep. And in that yeah. sandy soil, it doesn't take nearly as much as people might think. But yeah, to a okay. depth of 24 inches once a week. Okay. Under now, the entire canopy. Those, okay. If if I cut those branches off, will new branches grow or am I going to no. have a bare spot? You'll have a bare spot, but as the existing branches grow, they will cover it up. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what I wanted to know if I had to dig out my tree and start over. Not I'll yet. Just trim and see if it helps. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Renee. Thank you. Thanks so much Bye-bye. for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton says, are sticky traps beneficial to put in your home garden to help with bugs? And what color would you recommend? I've not used sticky traps no, at all. No, you can monitor so. for certain insects if you have, you know, for aphids or a certain type of fly or something, but they're sometimes indiscriminate on what insects jump on there. Mm. And so you could get equal amounts of beneficial or just non-harmful insects as compared to those that are damaging. And so not really, unless you are monitoring for a particular species and the recommendation is to put them in to monitor. All right. Leanna is on the line in holiday. Good morning, Leanna. What was your question? Hi, um, I'm actually, I'm going to defer my question to my husband, Roy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead, Roy. What's, what's the question this morning? We have a catalpa tree in the front part of our yard. And this year, it has grown exponentially, I guess, due to all of the snow we got. And I'm wondering, uh, we had about three feet around the base of that catalpa. We've got a bunch of other evergreen and other kinds of plants planted in there. Uh, And the problem is with that growth, it's cut off a lot of the light. So I'm wondering if I can take off the lowest branches in that tree to get more light underneath the tree. You could prune a fruit few off now, but sometime in mid-January, you can. You never want to take more than 20% of the total canopy out of the tree. But as yeah, the tree it, grows up, you can take some of the bottom limbs off. Okay, yeah. it's it's. Uh, we've had it for quite a few years, and I just want to 
I just wanted to cut those very lowest branches that are weighting down and and taking away the light underneath. Yeah, if it's just a couple of them, you're fine that you can take off now. And if you need to do more, I would just take the worst offending one or two out and then wait for mid-January to do the rest. Okay, great. And I, I do have some uh, spray that I, that is for pruning. So I don't put any, yeah, don't put any pruning spray on there. It actually doesn't benefit the tree and it actually can damage it. And so if you make proper pruning cuts, just let the tree heal itself. Can I just cut them straight off with a saw? They're about uh, an inch and a half to two inch branches. They would be fine. Yeah, a pruning saw or a saw would be fine. Okay. Thank you All so right. much. Thanks so much for your call this morning. And this morning, the Greenhouse Show is sponsored by At Your Service Pros. Jared Corcoran's with us this morning uh, talking about how we can save $7,500 on a hybrid heating and cooling system. Uh, when we left off, Jared, you were telling us about how an average person could know if their system was installed correctly. And Ton wants to kind of uh, chime in here because he's had problems with this. My- air conditioner went out after nine years due to an undersized and under um, the system was undersized and I didn't have enough ventilation going in. And one of these bigger companies that are all over the place quoted me on just like an 80% efficient around $15,000 for my home. And I had a neighbor that does independent installation and he beat that by uh, over almost two thirds and put in a better heater than what the other company was going to do. So I thought I'd just bring that up on the value of local independent contractors. So, yeah. So Jared, describe for us why people should really care whether their system is installed properly. Well, that's the exact reason because, you know, in Utah, he was talking about having too little return air going into the furnace. Mm-hmm. Little things like that can cost your efficiency by 25 to 50%. And so you end up spending a hundred or more dollars every month on your utilities. And then because your furnace is trying to work so incredibly hard, you're actually causing more repairs, more times it breaks, like on the 4th of July weekend, like right mm-hmm. now, our have been ringing off the hook. And it shortens the life because there's no way he should have had to replace his system at nine years old. That system should have lasted 15, 20, 25 years minimum, but just because of the struggles it was having was why it shortened its life. Right. I understand you are the only company that does beta testing quality installation or certification. Yeah. So ACA, the Air Conditioning Contractors of America, they're basically our governing body. Um, They asked us because of our use of this third-party software, MeasureQuick, to help implement a program called the ACA Quality um, Installation Certification. So it actually uses the Bluetooth tools and the software and goes through and compares it with ACA backing it as well, proving that your system is installed correctly, which is a very unique way to know that you're taken care of because who wants to spend $10,000 and have no idea what actually happened with their heating and cooling system and if it's going to be benefiting them or hurting them. Okay, but isn't that expensive? Um, so not really because we're a family owned business and just like, uh, Eric was talking about, 
we commonly come across jobs where we're 20, 30, 50, 100% less than our competitors, particularly those that have sold out. Because right now, some of the pricing structures have become kind of insane. Like we're finding that we're in the lower middle half of the different pricing. And usually the only people who can beat us in price can't come anywhere near our quality, which sets it up quite nicely for the position that we're in. All right. When we talk with you again, we're going to talk more about the rebates that are available right now and how you can save people money. But how do people find out more about you? So they can go to our website at yourservicepros.us. Or, I mean, they can look at Google and Yelp. We're the highest rated company on both of them. All right. We'll be talking again with you in just a few minutes. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.